Hi, this is Susie McGrath. I play Tam Rivor in Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is an episode I have been wanting to do for a year. Uh, when I first started the podcast and was intending to review uh, this new show called Star Wars Resistance, I thought I need to do an episode where I talk about the Poe Dameron comic book and how it's going to relate to the show. Well, I never got around to it. <laughs> Whether it was um, you know, having the time to sit down and re- go back through every issue, uh, you know, make notes about all the, the important points about how it relates to the sequel era on the whole, how it might tie into resistance. Just never got the time. Finally, I did. So this is the Poe Dameron comic book review and discussion. Uh, so, yeah. So thanks for being patient. If you've been looking forward to this episode, cause here it is. So this is the uh, Poe Dameron comic book by Marvel, uh, written by Charles, Charles Sewell. It ran, um, 31 issues with two annual issues. And I'm not going to go through them necessarily step by step. I am going to go in order with the comics, but I will hit on the important things that came out of these comics as it relates to the sequel movies as it relates to the force awakens and last Jedi, not so much the rise of Skywalker. It may be a bit. And also how it relates to uh, resistance and a couple of books that have uh, come out uh, that talk about the sequel era. So I'll try to be as concise as possible. Um, I should probably give a spoiler warning. I didn't want to give away some of the little details of the comics. So so that way, if you haven't read them, you can still have fun reading them for the first time. Uh, But there will be some, what you would consider spoilers for the broad scope, but some of them are inferred just by the fact you saw the movies um, as far as character fates and stuff like that. So um, like I say, you don't necessarily have to have read every issue to enjoy this, um, but I hope you will uh, just sit back and, uh, take in what I have to say about uh, this comic book, which was pretty important. It's, you know, Resistance, the show has, uh, in the first season at least, taken place on one planet with some uh, little side missions. But so far, the Poe comic is the only thing we have from the sequel era or the newly dubbed Age of Resistance that... Um, takes us on a really day-to-day basis with the resistance itself, uh, where they've been, what kind of skirmishes they got into with the first order. So that, that's where the focus will be here. Uh, so as I said, it went uh, 31 issues. Uh, they broke it down into five uh, sub books. Um, and they're, they're available in trade paperback form now. If you 
have Kindle Unlimited, you can actually get these for free and read them and then uh, just return them to your uh, out of your queue. Uh, so these are highly accessible now. Um, the trade paperbacks are probably available at your local comic book store if you like to support them. Um, but there are five. Uh, the uh, first one was Black Squadron, shows about the genesis of that group. Um, part two was The Gathering Storm. Part three, Legends Lost. Uh, part four, Legend Found. And then part five is The Spark in the Fire. So I will jump right into it. Uh, it's, I mean, I got a lot to cover, but um, hopefully I'll be concise and entertaining with it. Now, to let you know, the beginning of the Poe comic, and really issues 1 through 25, take place one year before The Force Awakens. So the, all those events have not happened yet. The destruction of Hossian Prime, the Battle of Starkiller Base, uh, that comes later. Now, as we found out, and uh, this, uh, had this, if I had done this episode a year ago, I, I would have brought this out. Uh, Matt Martin from the Lucasfilm Story Group at Missing Words on Twitter uh, I did ask him, you know, how does this, the comic book relate to the Resistance show as far as the timeline? And he um, pointed out that issues one through 25 take place one year to six months before The Force Awakens. And then Resistance starts six months before The Force Awakens. So um, the crux of the, the series takes place before that show even starts. And then there's a little bit of overlap, and I'll get to that, because it was a nice little nugget that we didn't even know was there. So, at the opening point in the series, Poe has already joined the Resistance. Now, if you want to find out how he joined the Resistance, um, you can read Before the Awakening by Greg Rucka, which was a quick, young reader book that came out right around the release of The Force Awakens, that told a story about Poe, a story about Ray, and a story about Finn, all of them shortly before the events of the movie. And in Poe's case, it was how he was part of Rapier Squadron with the New Republic Navy, which if you've seen Resistance, um, uh, that's what Kaz belonged to at the beginning, um, as far as the Navy. Um, but Poe was part of that squadron and then was recruited into Resistance by Leia. Um, a little backstory. Um, try not to get off track too much. If uh, if you've read Shattered Empire, that comic series, you'll know that Poe's parents, Kess Dameron and Shara Bay, fought at the Battle of Endor, and so therefore they have known Han and Leia for a long time. So um, Poe does have a history with Leia, and so for her to recruit him in was kind of a natural fit. Now, the first 25 issues involves the search for Lor Santeca, who is the character played by Max, Max Van Sydow. At the beginning of The Force Awakens, he's the one who gives Poe the map to Luke. So this is about finding him so that he can discover Luke's whereabouts. You know, that's one thing that this series helped enlighten. When, when you watch the movie, you think, oh, he's had the map all these years, and, you know, they're just now getting around to, you know, asking him for help. Um, whereas, no, he's just uh, someone who has known the Skywalker family, uh, at least Luke and Leia for a while. And he searches um, ancient Jedi 
sites and uh, collects relics and that he would likely be able to find Luke because of Luke's desire to find the first Jedi temple that Han alluded to. So that's what the series is about. Leia sends Poe and Black Squadron out to locate Lor Santeca so that he can then try to figure out where Luke is. So again, we do see the genesis of Black Squadron. Uh, the initial crew was, uh, of course, Poe's Black Leader, and then Snap Wexley, who is played by Greg Grun- Grunberg. Uh, we saw him in The Force Awakens. He will be in The Rise of Skywalker. <clears throat> uh, he was also a character in the Aftermath series, if you read that. Um, he fought at the Battle of Jakku when he was 16. So he's you know, been around for a while, and you know we've seen him on screen. Um, Kari Kuhn is also... In the crew, she is the love interest of Snap. Uh, Lulo is a Duros uh, character. He actually flies an A-Wing. And uh, Jess Pava, who is played by Jessica Henwick in the movie, um, who you'll know maybe from Iron Fist or Game of Thrones. She's become a well, well-accomplished actress. Not sure if she's in Rise of Skywalker or not. Um, but Poe and Snap and Jess were the only movie characters to be put in this series as far as Black Squadron. And then uh, Odie Muva is the mechanic of Black Squadron. He is the same species as um, um, Eloasti, uh, the Abenado uh, pilot who was in Black Squadron in the movie. And they've they've kind of sprinkled that species out in the sequel trilogy now. Um, so just running through it, uh, they're sent to the last known whereabouts of Lor Santeca on this, um, planet where he is interacted with the people there. Um, but they're mysteriously tracked by the first order there. So, um, they have a run in with, uh, agent Terex from the, uh, first order security bureau. And for resistance viewers, that's the same group where ancient agent Tierney, uh, operates out of. Um, so, and it was kind of made clear in the um, yeah, surrounding literature about the, the movies that, and especially on Resistance, you know, the First Order and the Republic are in kind of a Cold War status. Like, they know they're out there, but nobody wants to make the first move to start a full-scale war. And um, throughout this series, it's implied that, you know, Snoke uh, isn't ready to do that. You know, they're trying to get Starkiller Base fully operational. Um, the Resistance is trying to find out evidence of this uh, to bring back to the Republic, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not fully believing it. Um, they're happy with the peace they've had since the fall of the Empire, uh, as fractured it may be. Um, and I've mentioned on previous podcasts, uh, and I reviewed it on one way way back about a year ago. Uh, Bloodline by Claudia Gray explains a lot of this about the state of the galaxy and uh, where the New Republic is as far as the government. Uh, it takes place six years before The Force Awakens. So that book is highly recommended uh, if you're a sequel fan and want to get more information about, uh, you know, that tells you the, the birth of the Resistance is in that book, uh, the, the initial reason for having it. Uh, so definitely check that out. That gives you even more background. Um, 
so they're, they're in Cold War status. So, you know, even when they're, you know, engaged by the First Order on this planet, there's still a, you know, hesitancy to open fire. You know, there's talking and negotiations. It's like, oh, we know what you're up to. Yeah, we know what you're up to. But, you know, that sort of thing. And it makes it very tense, you know, because you know, you know what's coming and, you know, Pandora's box is going to be opened as far as the war. But the buildup to it is where all the the tension is. So, um, I will say, uh, in this setting, in these first few issues, uh, the, uh, the First Order already has jet troopers who will be featured prominently in The Rise of Skywalker, albeit a different design. So they've had, you know, that's nothing brand new. Um, so if you've read this, you would see that they had a, a like a proto-jet trooper ready to go. Um, it wasn't explained too much, but Terex uses a ship called the Carrion Spike, which belonged to Grand Moff Tarkin back in the Imperial days. Uh, it's featured in the Tarkin book by James Luceno. So, and I believe it was in the Lando comic that was done a while back. Um, so, you know, it, despite Tarkin's demise, the ship survived and then Terex acquired it, and you'll find out why. I'll get to that. Um, it's it's kind of a spoiler, but I have to talk about it to keep going on the series. Um, so, you know, they had the resolution on that planet. Um, Lord Santeca had been there, but he has moved on, but uh, because Poe helps uh, the people there, they tell him where he may have gone next, and it's, it's really cool. It's a uh, he has to go to a prison that's on a high-gravity planet. It's like 10 times you know, what normal gravity would be to humans. Uh, but they have a force field so that you, know, you can put people in the prison on the planet's surface, and they're fine. But if they go outside the force field, they get crushed um, by the gravity. Uh, so it's a really cool concept, especially being able to see it on a, in a comic form. Um, but they um, have to go talk to Gracchus the Hutt who had, uh, there's a lot of continuity here. He, Gracchus, um, is a collector of Jedi relics, um, through underworld means who has been in the main star Wars title through Marvel. Um, uh, there was episode, uh, issues of that on Nar Shadda where he, where he appears. So nice callback. Um, so there, Yeah, they have to. Gracchus says, "Okay, if you break me out, I'll give you more information on Lor Santeca." So then, of course, Terex shows up again with um, the First Order, and so there's, you know, skirmish there. Uh, to uh, both of them are trying to rescue Gracchus because uh, Terex made a deal with him too. Um, so it's a race to see who can get him out first. Um, well, uh, the Resistance does it so that. Uh, Gracchus tells them, he gives them possible locations for Lor Santeca so they, they can figure out where he might be next. And that's part of it here. The series isn't entirely um, them on the search. There are you know, times to go back to Dakar, to the resistance base, and rest and recollect, and you know, other things come up. So it's not 25 pure issues of just chasing after them. Although the, the way it ends is pretty cool. I'll get to that. 
Um, there's um, kind of a one-shot setup issue where Poe um, meets up with a former mate of his in the Navy. Uh, she's become a journalist now for this, um, well, in air quotes, paper on um, Hosnian Prime. Her name is Sarah Linda Javos. And, um, you know, she's just trying to get information on the resistance for her paper, but you know, by the end of the uh, issue, she sees, you know, what they're fighting for and all that, and that they're not just some propaganda thing. So she winds up joining them and eventually becomes part of Black Squadron. Uh, so we get to see, you know, how that came about. And then as we get into the second chapter, uh, the second part of the, the series, uh, so, you know, because they got tracked to that first planet, you know, there's a suspicion that somebody is feeding information to the First Order from the Resistance. Uh, you know, how did they track them there? How did they know they would be going to the prison planet? Um, stuff like that. So that's part of the mystery that they have to solve. Now, at this point, we find out more information about Terex. Uh, there's a flashback to the Battle of Jakku, which is, took place a year after the Battle of Endor. It was the last stand of the Empire. And uh, Terex was a stormtrooper with the Empire. And he, is, he and his... Um, squad mate. Uh, they survived, but they realized that the war was over when they saw the final Star Destroyer crash. Um, so they made the decision to, you know, bury their armor and, you know, salvage together parts to make a ship and just leave and start a new life. Uh, but Terex, could, he kept holding on to the idea that the Empire could be reborn. And so he actually dug up his armor and brought it with him when they finally did escape a year later um, with the idea that they, you know, they could find remaining parts of the empire and rebuild it, you know, kind of a smaller version of what the first order did in the unknown regions. And on a side note, hopefully we'll find out more about this in the Mandalorian uh, because they've recently said that, the Mandalorian will explore the origins of the First Order. You know, we know there's going to be an Imperial Remnant with Moff Gideon, played by John uh, Carlo Esposito. Uh, so I'm excited to see about that and how it ties in uh, to all this about what happened, you know, to the remainder of the Empire after Jakku. Um, so Terex and a Stormtrooper partner who took the name Korlak. Um, yeah, so they, they do make it off the planet. And they get to a planet, in all this flashback form, they get to a planet called Kadok, um, where they um, meet up with these um, people who can, you know, who intend to help them out. Um, they find, they know about the um, Rothana shipyard, where there's Imperial ships and equipment, and that's where he finds the, the carrying spike. Um, so he uses that as his command ship. And then, as we find out, Korlak and the others never really intended to rebuild the Empire. They were just kind of humoring Terex to, you know, make advances. So then he, you know, kills them and then becomes an underworld criminal. Uh, because he realizes the Empire's gone too, but he still wants that sort of power and control. So he spent all this time uh, over the years becoming um, a criminal lord. Uh, oh, I wrote down the, his title. Lord General of the Ranks of Kadok. 
until one day he's brought a first order stormtrooper helmet and he's like, okay, this is modern. And so then he finds out about the first order and then they hire him and they, they recruit him as an agent. So he's, you know, first order officer who has a different remembrance of the empire than the first order. Who's, you know, been conditioned to evolve into what they became by the force awakens. Uh, so that's a really cool backstory on Terex and, you know, the, the different paths that the Imperial remnants could have taken. So again, I'm hoping they explore more of that on the Mandalorian and in other literature as it comes out. Um, meanwhile, they wind up, uh, the resistance uh, is going to Caddick in the present because, um, and this is something that was not fully explained in The Force Awakens. C-3PO, as part of the, res- the resistance, created a network of droid operatives, uh, spies. He used to call them spies. He, he keeps saying that. But yeah, he has a droid spy network. And that's like, if you remember on Takodana, when that droid in Moss's castle sees BB-8, he radios back to the resistance. Well, he's one of the operatives. So uh, 3PO has a network of, about them, of them spread throughout the galaxy. And um, one, there's one on Kadok who's not responding, who may have some information, so they go to retrieve him. Um, let's see. Sorry, I'm just checking my notes here. Um, so they they find the droid. Uh, you know, of course, Terex is there because that's where his home base was for his criminal empire. Um, and uh, Poe and uh, Adi uh, went there uh, with three PO to get the operative back. So they get chased by Terex and his criminals. Um who he's stayed in contact with all this time. So he kind of breaks off from the first order. It's become like a personal vendetta with him and Poe at this point. Um, um, But Poe winds up crashing on this other planet and um, has to hide in a cave with the droids. Um, There's a, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a nice little callback to one of the characters in Aftermath at this point. Um, but so they, they have a fight. Meanwhile, okay, this is a spoiler, but I have to do it for the evolution of the story. Um, turns out that Audi is the um, first order, uh, the spy for the first order in the resistance because he, his wife and other um, people were enslaved by the first order and he, she is on the Carrion Spike. So he's been kind of blackmailed into helping Terex uh, feed him information. Uh, but he decided, no, it's time to go do something about it. So he got on Terex's ship before they left Caddick. Um, so, you know, Post like, oh, where is he? Oh, he must be the traitor. But, you know, he's actually trying to do some good. Um, but then the, the the rest of Black Squadron shows up at that planet. The First Order shows up, and there's a First Order officer named Commander Malarus, um, who was another big bad for the series. Um, because of Terex breaking away on his own, uh, she takes him, and with the help of Phasma, um, gives him implants that pretty much make him a slave too, uh, like Adi's wife. Um, so he's presumed dead for a while by the resistance. Um, 
let's see, I should, okay, so, you know, this is about 14 issues in, so they did uh, an annual, which is a Marvel tradition, those are, those are cool, you know, it's, it's meant to be a standalone issue, but this one actually tied in because, um, you know, Poe and BB-8, um, they get aboard a First Order ship, um, and find out about the First Order smuggling weapons to civilian planets. Um, which is you know, alluded to in The Last Jedi with uh, everything DJ shows Finn about, you know, people are just out to make money. It's not about the good guys or the bad guys. Um, you, know, the first, you know, both the First Order and the Resistance used, you know, underworld and backwater routes to gain their wealth, gain their technology. So, you know, the First Order was getting loyalty this way, so, um, you know, this is what Poe's mission was on this issue. But at the end, he realizes that Tarek's is still alive, so that's how it ties into the main to the main run. So, uh, moving on to the third part. Um, now, this is where they do some side stuff on Dakar, uh, and it was really fleshed out in The Last Jedi. You know, Leia the whole time is trying to make Poe a leader. You know, she's like, you can't just be a hotshot pilot. Um, you know, I won't be here. Uh, unfortunately, this was after Carrie's death, so I think they, you know, we're thinking this, we're thinking this out with the, some of the dialogue. But she's like, I'm not going to be here forever. One day I'll be luminous, but you need to be the leader. You know, and as it turns out, you know that that was a big focus of his character development in The Last Jedi. Um, and they also talked about, you know, the Resistance uses contacts in the Galactic Underground. Uh, they use uh, double-blind contacts, which, if you don't know about uh, that term, uh, just means, you know, both the buyers and the sellers don't know. Uh, is they use a third party, so they, you know, they have no idea. Um, you know, they use smugglers because Han knows a few. Um, you know, and he's even though he's estranged from Leia, you know, they still... Um, have their connection. Um, so, you know, that's how the resistance cobbled together what they have without the full support of the Republic. Um, so, while not searching for Lorsanteca, they're still trying to keep their contacts so that they can keep their supply line going because, you know, some of their contacts are just drying up whether or not they have the supplies. Um, so Black Squadron goes on a mission to check out a fuel freighter because um, you know they had a contact who was going to help them uh, gain fuel, but there's they've lost contact, so they go out to investigate. Um, the first order got there first um, due to you know the what Terex has been finding out for them. Uh, so it's rigged to explode, and then they do it uh, basically speed in space. So you know if they if the, once uh, Poe uh, takes uh, takes the fuel freighter, it's been abandoned. You know he's going to fly it back to Dakar. Um, but once they start, uh, once he starts it up, then uh, if they decelerate, it's going to explode. So yeah, it's it's like speed, but it was fine because it was um, you know he luckily they figured it out soon enough because if they had gone to hyperspace and he jumped and he went back to real space in the Dakar system, it would blow up right then and take out the base. So they, fi they figure that up now. And they're like, okay, we just got to go really fast until we figure out what to do. So it's all fun. Um, overall, the series overall is really fun and, you know, gives you great insight into these characters. Um, 
I wouldn't be talking about it if I hadn't enjoyed it, and clearly I did. So, um, uh, the first order, meanwhile, stole actually stole the fuel off of it and had their own tanker. So, um, you know, they come up with a plan to uh, get Black Squadron off that tanker with uh, with their ships that have minimal fuel and get over to the first order, take them out, steal their fuel. So it's a, it's a fun adventure, you know, kind of a side space battle uh, mission. Um, uh, kind of a running thread. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jess gets a reputation for losing her astromechs on missions. So <laughs> you feel kind of bad for her. Um, she, um, you know, I think she loses maybe three or four throughout the series. Um but, you know, that's something they didn't talk about in the movie, so it's a nice little added detail. So when you're watching Force Awakens, you're like, oh, don't get your astromech killed, you know, that sort of thing. So for their next mission, uh, Suralinda is, uh, you know, she's with the Resistance now. But, um, you know, she tells them that, you know, Hosnian Prime has become bored with the Resistance news. Um, you know, they don't really consider the First Order a threat. Uh, you know, uh, that's obvious in the Force Awakens. They're blindsided by the fact that they, the Star Killer base can take everything out. So um, they they come up with a plan to get evidence of what the First Order is up to to make the galaxy see, you know, what's going on. So uh, Cyrilinda goes with Kari and Jess on one mission, and then Poe and Snap go to rescue Adi. Or, or go find him because, you know, after he had snuck onto um, Tarek's ship and was able to escape with his wife in an escape pod. Uh, so that leads into... No, this is still the end of uh, part three. Uh, so they go to this planet where um, the First Order is wanting to use the Thoralite mines um, for you know, manufacturing, uh, something the empire was never able to establish a foothold here. So they knew they would have rich reserves of it. Yeah, but the, um, the natives of the planet's called Spalex, um, the natives, uh, fought back, you know, the first time and said, no, you can't do it. But then the first order is like, no, we're going to do it anyway. Um, but then, so the members of black squadron who go here, you know, they get captured and then, Uh, you, you also get a little bit of Jess's backstory. Um, she, uh, I guess her family had been captured a while back, so she, you know, just hates being in bonds and um, having that lack of control. So it, it, it wasn't really fleshed out beyond that, but it's just you know, a little callback for her. It gives her more depth. Yeah. But... Um, Um, Adi, um, you know, finds a way to, uh, uh, once he's found by, um, Poe and Snap, uh, they show up on Spalix and, um, help, they fight off the First Order, um, and they, they get some footage, um, with her recording the drones, um, from Sura to, uh, at least show, you know, what, uh, how aggressive the First Order is being. And, uh, it's not just this sh shadow group that you think they are. Uh, 
okay. So moving on to part four, where it really ramps up. Um, this is the final chance to find Lord Santaga and bring him to the resistance. Okay, this was this is awesome. Um, for one thing, it takes place on Cato Nemoidia, which is one of the um, uh, first Nemoidians from the Trade Federation. It's one of their stronghold planets. It was seen briefly in Revenge of the Sith. It's, I guess you could call it the bridge planet, where they had the cities on bridges, and that's where uh, Plo Koon was shot down after Order 66. Um, it was on, I'm almost certain it was on Clone Wars. I haven't watched all the episodes in a while. So, yeah, uh, it was cool to see this planet after so many years. Uh, they mentioned that the Trade Federation had fallen, um, but they still it's still a very extravagant, rich planet, and they have these uh, security vaults where people you know, will store stuff from different places. Um, so, um, Lor Santeca is caught there because he's trying to break in and look at a, uh, find an artifact that is in one of the vaults. So then, um, they went once uh, because it was one of the places Gracchus mentioned that he might go to. They finally found out that he was there. So then they are going to. Well, you think they're just going to send Black Squadron in to go get him? But Leia has a better plan. And it's pretty awesome. Um, now, before that, um, you know, they have some rest time on Dakar. So you see Snap and Kare dealing with their relationship. You know, they're thinking, oh, you know. We, because of the everything's escalating, uh, you know how long are they going to be together before somebody dies, and um, you know they don't want to. They're worried about attachment. Um, BB-8 makes friends with a, a droid named IV, um, which is nice. It sets up that he's kind of a kind of a suave dude. You know, he's got the relationship with CB-23 and Resistance, and and all that. So he, he's. He's good with the lady droids, you know. So, man, I don't want to give too much of this away, but it's just so awesome because it's Ocean's Eleven in Star Wars. Leia comes up with a plan to... She goes to Kato Nomoidia herself with Padme's dresses. She had acquired them, and she's wearing one during this segment. Um, and so it's, it's a heist film. Um, I don't want to give away all the details, but it's one of those where, you know, the things are happening and then you, then only then do you see the conversation they had before where they set it up and you know, it's like, it's like the ending of oceans 11 kind of a thing. So I don't want to give away, the, away all the details. You got to read this if you haven't. Um, but I, I do love the callback that Leia has over the years has become aware of who her mother was. Um, now I think they just did a star Wars adventures where, Brea um, made it a point to tell Leia about Padme and how great a person she was. Um, but, you know, over time we've seen her. She went to Naboo right after um, the Battle of Yavin in uh, the Princess Leia standalone comic series. Um, they fought um, during Operation Cinder at Naboo. It's in the Battlefront 2 game. Uh, they also did it in uh, Shattered Empire. So she has this history of, you know, being exposed to the Naboo culture, and uh, over time she has acquired Padme's wardrobe. So that comes into play here. Um, so, yeah, the, the heist film ensues. Um, but then uh, Malorus and Terex, um, 
still show up. And, well, they managed to get Lor Santeca. I'll have to give that away. Um, and they, well, this, uh, this is where Malaris meets her in. She's arrested by the, by the Nemoidians. Um, but Terex manages to bring Lor Santeca to the Absolution, uh, which is a nice call to the Phasma novel by Delilah S. Dawson, because that's the ship uh, where um, Phasma and has her, um, she operates out of with her training for her troops. Uh, Terex has been, he found a way to fight against his implant, so he's back, it's a nice little, um, you know, parable on self-control and, you know, having, you know, not being controlled by somebody else, um, you know, independent thought, all that. Uh, so Terex, you know, kind of goes rogue again uh, to the point where he gives, you know, he didn't bring Lor Santeca actually on the absolution. He um, put him in, in a place and gave both sides his location. Kind of a, anybody ever watch the old, G.I. Joe cartoon, it's kind of like something Zartan would do. Like, he would, you know, because he was just out for the, you know, he's out for the money, so he would, um, you know, offer something to both the Joes and the Cobras, whoever the highest bidder would be. So Terex kind of, go, you know, goes that route. Um, and, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give, it this, give this away. He survives the series, so maybe we'll see him at some point, uh, which would be kind of cool. Uh, but he's out doing his criminal under... Um, criminal underworld thing, uh, assuming he survived, um, uh, you know, like long-term. So he gives away Lord Santeca's location to, to both the First Order and the Resistance. So there is a space battle and there's some zero, a zero G action with uh, like space troopers and stuff like that. But well, it's no giveaway because we've seen the Force Awakens, uh, the Resistance does rescue Lord Santeca, take him back to Dakar. Uh, we do see that uh, Snap and Kari are married by Leia. Um, now, it's interesting. She hasn't been in the movies yet, so I don't know if they'll allude to that in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, you know, because we've seen the photo of Snap. He's in the movie. So hopefully we'll see that, um, you know, he's not married or whatever. Um, I don't know what, how they'll handle that, but hopefully they'll make some allusion to it since this has been established. Um, so, but then Lor Santeca is, he says, okay, I'll go off and find out Luke's whereabouts. And as soon as I find out, I'll contact you. Um, so that ends that arc. And with the end of issue 25 goes right into, uh, resistance, the show. Um, I think this is what all they intended really for the series. Um, cause it, it told the story they meant, but then, um, I mean, it was, I think because of its popularity, they win another uh, six issues. And what they did, it's almost like an epilogue, but what it did, it helped fill in some gaps of The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, the, the now, in quotation marks, for part five is after the Battle of Crate. So this was our first post-Last Jedi story. We see the survivors on the Millennium Falcon, Ray, 
Finn and Poe, you know, Rose still there, three PO, like every, everybody who was in that last shot from or the last shot in the Falcon from Last Jedi, you know, they're seen here on the Falcon still. But uh, a lot of this is flashbacks. Um, we get to see uh, when Leia, you know, told told Poe on Jakku or on Dakar that Lorsen Tech had contacted her. He has found the map to Luke. And then that's when she sends Poe to Jakku to get the map. So if you're kind of piecing it together in your mind, it's that scene. And then the core problem episode of Resistance, when Poe goes to Castellon to get BB-8 and then tells Kaz that he's got an important mission to Jakku. So this is where it all fits together. They did a great job fitting it together. Um, so Poe's sent on the mission. And then um, they, you get like little shots of, you know, the events of The Force Awakens where, you know, he's caught and captured by Kylo Ren. And then he, he does, there's one frame that says, I made a quick detour to pick up BB. Well, we know what that detour was. He went to Castellon. Um, and clearly due to the production of how long that takes on the show, you know, they knew what that detour was but we've seen it now so that's that's really cool so this takes place around the core problem um but then you know we get to see how um poe managed to eject from the tie fighter um he was helped by uh, some natives of uh jakku named man my handwriting is horrible I'm not going to butcher the names. Anyway, he's helped by a couple of uh, people and uh, like manages to borrow a ship and get off, gets back to Dakar. And that sets into motion, you know, when they go to Taco Donna to engage the First Order for the first time, fully in front of everybody. Um, you know, over the issues, that there's just these nice little cuts. Um, like we see Leia thinking about Han in the cockpit of the Falcon, and then she goes to do something, so she lets... Um, Chewie and Nian Numba pilot it. Um, so it's nice to see them in the cockpit together. You know, they've been the co-pilots throughout the movies, but here they are together. Uh, just, you know, one frame or two, but it's nice. Um, we also get the story of, you know, they, they mentioned in for The Force Awakens that, you know, Snap did the recon mission to Starkiller Base to find out more about it. Well, it turns out he and Kari went together and that Snap was in like a almost like an escape pod type thing where he was able to skim the surface of Starkiller base, take all the readings, get what he needed to. And then he was picked up by Kari in an X-wing and then they made it, you know, uh, made it back to Dakar, even though as we found out they were tracked, that's where they learned the location. So that's uh, that issue um, where we find out that story. And then the next issue, it was really cool because you see, the Battle of Starkiller Base. And there's kind of this voiceover to it in, in the panels. And talking about, oh, I wish I could have been there with you. And, you know, we lost so many that day. And we were talking about how, you know, not, not a lot of us are going to come back. And, you know, like sharing war stories kind of a thing. Turns out it's R2-D2 talking to the BB-8. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And it was a really well done part of that uh, issue. Um... But yeah, just more with, uh, like, we get to see Ray actually looking through the Jedi text, getting 3PO to help translate a little bit. Nothing groundbreaking, but, you know, just 
showing, you know, how they're trying to cope with life now that they're fractured and there's like a dozen of them left. Uh, there's another flashback to the actual evacuation of Dakar when they realize the first order is coming right before, you know, the last Jedi. Um, we see when they upgrade black one with that booster so that he can go up against the dreadnought. By the way, if, if um, if you haven't played it, the uh, additional content of the Battlefront 2 story mode tells you how they knew about the Dreadnought and also sets up um, Black Squadron's next mission. You know, Poe's going to stay behind and help, you know, help them evacuate. But the rest of Black Squadron is sent to find allies in the Outer Rim. So are uh, the characters in the Battlefront 2 uh, additional content. Shriv and, J- and Zay. Um, so, you know, that's why, at least it explains why they weren't in The Last Jedi. So, you know, they were out trying to get help or see who's still loyal. Um, and it alludes to the, you know, the signal Leia sent out at the end of the episode, uh, the end of the movie uh, from Crate, you know, and then no one responded, you know. So they tried you know, signals, they tried sending people. Uh, of course, we know the crew of the Colossus is out there. So, that should all come together in the Rise of Skywalker or Resistance Reborn and, um, you know, the other literature that's coming out this fall, too. You know, in a way, I'm really glad I waited till now to review this. That way, we, because of what else we know after a full season of Resistance with all the stuff coming out in the lead up to the Rise of Skywalker, the, the comic series makes a lot more sense, honestly. So if you haven't read it, now's a good time. Uh, or just, you know, you, you can wait till after the Rise of Skywalker to make even more sense. Um, but yeah, I was just using it to kind of call information that we could see in Resistance, but with the retrospect is even better. Um, so, so kind of back in the present, while they're on the Falcon, Poe begins receiving flight logs from Jess. And... Uh, we see in the in the final few issues of the series, we see two missions. Um, the first one is on a planet called Pastoria, uh, where they you know they go to seek out help from allies uh, previously, but um, they're not going to help because they see the might of the First Order. Plus, they have like their own internal struggles going on with different factions. So that's a really interesting uh, arc there. So. You know, they're not going to... No help from the Pastorians. Now, they do go to a planet called Ikruk, which, you know, and I'm mentioning the planet names, just in case they pop up in uh, Resistance Reborn, or maybe it's visited by the Colossus, um, you know, seen the Rise of Skywalker. You know, you never know. Now, when they when Black Squadron gets there, this planet is already under attack by the First Order. Uh, it, you know, alludes to the, uh, the crawl from The Last Jedi when it's like... Uh, the First Order is spread out and is starting to conquer systems already now that Hosnian has fallen. So, um, you know, the, they get into a battle there, but they're, you know, outnumbered, so they're trying to get help from the, the natives. Uh, Poe uh, does borrow a ship from Gracchus, so there's still still a callback. Um, so he goes there to help them out, and they manage to survive. So by the end of the series... Um, Black Squadron is Poe, Snap, Kare, Jess, and Sura. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be anxious to see which of those, well, I mean, obviously, 
Poe and Snap. But if any of the others show up in the other material that we're going to be getting, that will conclude the saga. So, and quickly, there was a, a second annual that they did. Um, it, it was truly a one-shot. Um, the Poe and the squad are tasked by Leia to go after an artifact. Um, it's, it's like a data archive. Um, she says it's for a weapon um, that they, they could use in the war that's coming. So they act as smugglers, so they, they don't attract attention. Uh, they use like old Clone War era ships. It's kind of cool. Um, but Han and Chewie make an appearance. This is before The Force Awakens, um, when they're still just doing their smuggling thing. Um, but they go in, as, uh, they go undercover as First Order, to you know because they're after the artifact too. So I'll leave it at that. That that's a cool little one shot story um, that has a nice ending to it. But that's the Poe Dameron comic. Um, thanks for bearing with me on that. Uh, it was a lot of information, but like I say, with retrospect, it's a very entertaining series with lots of little tidbits that enhance what we've known about the sequel era so far, about Resistance, the show. And uh, it should uh, make this upcoming conclusion even more enlightening. So again, thank you to Charles Sewell for writing the whole thing. Um, it was a great series. I mean, he's doing an outstanding job on his other materials like Darth Vader and can't wait to see what he does with Project Luminous. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to my wrap up of that. Um, if you haven't already read it, hope it encourages you to go out and check it out. Um, but that will do it. Um, you know, if, if you want to go back and hear my review of Bloodline, any episode, episodes of Resistance, all those reviews are on the Radio Dakar channel on most major podcast platforms uh, soundcloud uh, apple podcast um, spotify overcast google play uh, anchor dot uh, fm uh, the anchor app is the home base for that and uh, you can find me on social media at radio dakar r-a-d-i-o-d-q-a-r uh, if you'd like to become a patron of the show i recently started a patreon page uh, it's patreon.com slash radio dakar um, if there's enough interest in that. There will be some perks for um, patrons. Um, again, thank you to my my first patron, rural farm boy Anthony. Love you, brother. Uh, thank you all for the support of the show, and I will see you next time for more discussion of Star Wars. Until then, may the force be with you. <laughs>